everyone, and welcome back to another edition of your Adrenal Fix podcast. Today we're going to be talking to you about adrenal fatigue and how to live your life between office visits. My name is Dr. Joel Rosen, and it's my mission to teach exhausted and burnt out adults how to get their energy back quickly and, and learn the truth about adrenal fatigue. The title of this particular podcast is called How to Live Your Life Between Office Visits. And I came up with that. Well, actually, I didn't come up with it. Dr. Bernie Siegel, maybe you've heard of him. Uh, he is the oncologist, and he has a book called How to Live Your Life Between Office Visits. And it's one of those books that was a game changer for me when I had just graduated with my undergraduate degree in exercise physiology. And actually, I think I actually had graduated with my degree in psychology. And I read that book and I knew after that that I wanted to be a doctor that helped people get their health back and not just give them prescriptive medications or give reductionistic approaches as to, hey, you have too much of this, take that and it will be lower. Or you have too little of this, take that and it will be higher. And the title of the book was called How to Live Your Life Between Office Visits because what ultimately happened was he found that these people or these patients that were given this terminal life sentence really of having this incurable illness like cancer, um, they would say, um, you know what, like, I don't know what to do. And, and, and Dr. Siegel would say to them, and again, this isn't exactly 100% what would happen, but he would say to them, well, what is it that you've always wanted to do? And they said, well, you know what, I wanted to be fill in the blank. I wanted to be a artist or I wanted to be a stand-up comedian or I wanted to travel the world, but I had to you know, I had to be the lawyer, or I had to take over the family business, or I wasn't able to express my self-identity. And, and so Dr. Siegel kind of, not that that cured them, but a lot of people would extend their prognosis time of, hey, we're going to give you 12 months to live, and many would live way past that, because for the first times in their lives, they were given a, a, a card, if you will, a, a green card, or just the get out of jail free card to live their life on their terms as they wanted to, and found that that was probably the best medicine that they could have ever been given, as opposed to holding things back. Now, that's not exactly what I want to talk to you about, but what I do want to talk to you about is reductionistically, if you're suffering with a fatigue, exhaustion, burnout problem, and you know it's involving the adrenals because you don't handle stress well, or maybe you handle stress very well, but you have so many stressors on a day-to-day -day basis from um, from work stress, from deadline stress, from to-do lists, from family members, from finances, from physical traumas, from emotional traumas, from the environment that we live in. All of those are very, very stressful things that build up on your body and, and exceed the demand and supply ratio. And when I say it exceeds the demand and supply ratio, what ultimately happens is the demand for your body to produce energy or to adapt to those stressors at the level that you need to does not equal supply. And unfortunately, when that demand-supply ratio is unequal, you are going to have breakdown. And that breakdown may involve the HPA axis, but it may involve a lot more deeper things like microbial overgrowth, um, detoxification pathway issues, 
neurotransmitter production, um, immune system signaling. So ultimately, the people that I work with have a slew of problems, and they'll say, yeah, I get sick all the time, um, I can't focus or concentrate, my gastrointestinal system bothers me, I have no libido, I don't handle stress well, I crash in the middle of the day, I can't lose weight or I can't gain weight. And ultimately, there's more going on than just the adrenal problem. And what I find most people will say is they'll DM me and they'll say, hey, Dr. Rosen, can you recommend supplements for me? And I said earlier, well, if I'm a mechanic and you're asking me, can I recommend the proper service for your engine? I can't do that until I've looked underneath the hood and give you some insights. And so what I would want you to do before we're gonna teach you about how to live your life between office visits, I wanna teach you about getting the proper diagnosis. And the proper diagnosis really involves two major tests or three major tests. The first test is a nutrigenomic test. So you may have heard of 23andMe or you may have heard of Ancestry.com. We use one called Your Genomic Resource, um, but ultimately it's a saliva test. And that saliva test looks at all the different genes and enzymes that are responsible for biochemical reactions in the body. Now, why would I want to look at that? Well, I want to look at that because it can tell me how well your body can adapt to stress. How well does it detoxify the environment? How well does it signal its immune system? How well does it make energy at the cellular level? Now, a lot of people will say, well, you know what? I don't have a lot of energy issues. And then I would say, well, tell me why we're talking. And they may say, well, I'm depressed. Or they'll say that um, I have GI disturbances, or I can't focus, or I can't concentrate, or my joints are sore, or my muscles are breaking down, or I don't have libido. And what I would say to them is, is that then fundamentally you do have an energy problem. But I mean energy in terms of how well does the cellular level of your body produce energy so that it can make and, re and recharge neurons, or so that it can help repair your microbiome, or, or so that it can break down um, pathogens, or signal the immune system, or make stress hormones. So I would say the very first thing you need to do if you want to say, hey, you know what, I've done everything I can and no one's been able to help me, when I get on the other end of the line with you and I ask, well, hey, did you have a genetic test? And you say no, then I want you to say no, you haven't done everything you have, can, because you haven't. Ultimately, let me just clear this here. Because ultimately, sorry, I'm getting these text messages while we're talking here and I can't read the screen. Um, so ultimately, if you haven't had a proper genetic test or even a genetic test, and I don't just mean MTHFR, because a lot of people will say, well, I've had MTHFR and I don't have it, or I know I'm MTHFR, and, I, and that's the problem. But the thing is there's 23,000 different genes and there's so many different pathways. There's detoxification pathways and within detoxification pathways, there's different types of detoxification pathways. De phase one, phase two, and phase two, there's about five or six different pathways within phase two. There's phase three, there's antioxidant production, there's nutrient transportation, there's methylation, there's acetylation, there is um, how well you produce iron and transport iron. So there's so many things that we need to look at besides just MTHFR. So the first thing is before I teach you, sorry, again, uh, how to live your life between office visits, 
I want to tell you that you need to have the proper test first. And the first test would be the nutrigenomic test, whether it's a 23andMe, not as big of a fan, Ancestry.com, not as big of a fan. And people will say, well, why aren't you as big a fan on those? And I would say that's because those gene cards are incomplete, meaning they've taken a lot of SNPs polymorphisms or enzymes that may be altered because of genetic inheritance off of their card so I have a couple of blind spots. I'm not able to look at your iron metabolism or I may not be looking uh, effectively at your um, your immune signaling or I may not be looking very well at your histamine clearance production or your mast cell activation. There's so many things that I need to look at. So suffice to say, you need a proper genetic test. The other thing I would say is you need a proper hormone test. Um, I love urine tests. I love the Dutch test. Um, it's a four or five point urine test that you take throughout the day. Some people will say it doesn't look very well at your circadian rhythm. I would disagree with that. Um, it looks at all the different metabolites, meaning it looks at the other enzyme or the other breakdown products of your hormones. It also looks at um, your HPA axis. It also looks at organic acid markers, so I can tell um, if you're depleted in certain nutrients or you have some challenges with your stress hormones. It looks at your, your cellular level of cortisol utilization, which is a whole other Facebook Live. Um, but those would be the two tests that I would want you to start with so that I can give you a proper assessment as to, okay, here is the game plan. You have some weakness here, 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 and here. Here is your environmental realities, and here is how it's playing out in your hormones and your HPA axis. Now they would say, okay, and whenever I do a video, the drum roll is, how do I, what do I do about it? And that's what I always get when I make my videos is, what do I do about it? So the first thing I would say is, there's two things that you can do about it. The number one thing is your perception of your stress. You may not realize this, but how you think and feel about the stressors in your life are ultimately going to determine how those stressors are impacting you. And I, I'm guessing that along with not doing a Dutch test, maybe your doctor is, but along with not doing a nutrigenomic test, maybe your doctor is, they are not assessing your perceived stress index. Now the Cohen perceived stress index is a, um, a gold standard, if you will. It's an objective, um, operationalized, meaning they use this in research studies to be able to determine if they're testing something, how it worked. So if I'm gonna do a, a strategy where I say, okay, all the 50 people on the left side of the room, you're gonna do this, and 50 people on the right side of the room, you're gonna be doing that. How would I know if whatever this or that worked? We would have a baseline questionnaire or outcome measure to determine, hey, did the people on the left side of the room get better results significantly than the people on the right side of the room? It can't be mumbo jumbo defined 
outcomes. They have to be specific outcomes that are reproducible. And that's called operationalized. And the perceived stress index is something that's operationalized. And I'm going to read it to you because this is how you live your life between office visits. And I work with my coaching clients on how to do this. And I'm thinking about making this tool available for people that aren't in my geographical area because I just can't service this many people. And it will give me about 30 seconds to be able to determine how much your impressions and what you think and feel about your stressors on a day-to-day basis are impacting you. And if there are challenges there, whether you've done a genomic test or whether you've done a, a, a hormone test, I already know without even looking at those things, I can help you because of the way that you've perceived or thought about stress. Does that make sense? So here we're going to say is that in the last month, so this has to do with the last month, okay? In the last month, how often have you been upset because of something that happened unexpectedly? I'd love to see for those that are potentially listening to this, um, what your answers are. And so zero would be never, uh, one would be almost never, two would be sometimes, three would be fairly often, and four would be very often. So to repeat that question, in the last month, how often have you been upset because of something that happened unexpectedly? So some people will say never, and some people would say very often. So let's say I'm upset because of things that happen unexpectedly, which I have had in the past because I myself suffered with an adrenal-based problem, which I thought was an adrenal fatigue-based problem. And now my goal and my whole mission in life is tell the truth about adrenal fatigue. Well, I identified that my perception about how I felt about unexpected things in the past has to change because let's say someone cuts me off in traffic. I didn't expect that. Maybe that pisses me off. Or maybe let's say my transmission blows and I gotta pay 25, actually this just happened this weekend. It's amazing, but our air condition living in Florida is, has a timer on it, I'm convinced, because it knows when it's a Saturday or a Sunday, when it's after hours, it knows, okay, it's going to break down and going to cost its owners a lot more money to get fixed. Now, the whole blower motor, it's called a blower motor, the blower motor engine is kaputs, and now it's going to be a five to $7,000 um, cost to be able to fix our air condition. Now, that in the past would have created a lot of anxiety for me, would have created a lot of angst and stomach issues and an and, and, and impact on me. Um, so, so if I can control my, the impact of unexpected things in my life, then I can control the signaling of my HPA axis, whether or not I've done a genetic test or I have done a Dutch test. And I don't find a lot of doctors or clients that I've talked to in the past when I'm talking to them about what's not working in their life, I don't find a lot of them will tell me, yeah, you know what, I'm really in control of the perception of stress in my life. Or doctors have talked to me about being aware and taking inventory and having tools to be able to manage the unexpected stressors in my life. I'm just more focused on the fact that I did a saliva 
saliva test and my free fractions are low, meaning I was low all throughout the day, and what are the best supplements that you could recommend for me? Can you recommend um, adaptogens or licorice root or glandulars or prednisone or hydrocortisone or bioreplacements? But I'm not going to look at when the air condition blows, how I react to that. Does that make sense? So the next question will be, in the last month, how often have you felt that you are unable to control the important things in your life? So again, in the past month, how often did you feel that you were unable to control the important things in your life? Zero is never, or four is very often. And I don't see anyone putting in their number. So put zero is very, is never, almost never, sometimes fairly often and very often. In the last month, how often have you felt nervous or stressed? And I feel stressed a lot, but then I have tools to understand, okay, why am I feeling stressed? What just happened? What is this going to mean for my life six months from now? How can I control my response? And then having certain um, real-time tools like breathing techniques and gratitude and celebration techniques or, or meditative techniques or activity-based techniques that will help me deal with these things. So I can see that Tina has put a four in there. So Tina, you may want to consider, okay, well, when I'm not able to control things, I felt stressed about that. I have to reframe that situation. So A, either I can have a physical change, meaning start working to control the things that are in your life. Those are the physical controls. And or change the emotional controls, meaning even though I can't change the situation, um, I can change my impression of the situation. Or I can be aware that my impression, current impression of the situation is a sword that cuts inwards and creates more HPA axis setting off than it needs to. Uh, okay, so going on. In the last month, how often have you felt confident about your ability to handle your personal problems? So this is a reverse question, meaning the four is is reversed, meaning um, if in the last month, how, how confident... Um, have you felt about being able to handle your personal problems? If you put you felt very confident, then that would be a zero. So anyways, I, this is a questionnaire that I am going to be placing on my website. It's called The Truth About Adrenal Fatigue. You can take the questionnaire and then I will follow up with an explanation and tools for what you can do to help live your, off, your life between office visits. And this is a psychological thing. Um, I'm going to ask a couple more questions because I think it's really important to you to take inventory. So number five, in the last month, how often have you felt that things were going your way? And some people will say, well, not very often at all. Well, if, if you never felt that they were going your way, that's a zero. That's going to be worth a lot more. So some questions are reversed. It's a hard scale to understand. Basically, the top 10 questions 
Um, some of them are you add up all the fours, some of them you add up the zeros and make it worth a four. So unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to score you on this particular time, but you could see that this perceived stress index can be very enlightening for you to learn, hey, you know what, Joel? I need to change my impression of my stressors. And you may say, well, it's not fair. Um, I get way more stressors than anyone else has to deal with. I've been given this burden, that burden. I had an unfair upbringing. I had major traumas in my life. I live in a society that judges me. Um, we don't have um, the ability to financially do this, that, and the other. And it's one thing after the next. And you're right. And it's not fair, but that does your body and your stress response doesn't care about that. Your mind is resilient and it knows that it doesn't know the difference between a thought and a, and a real action. And if I can change my impression of that, of that, um, of that stimulus, or I can actually change the stimulus from happening, I can ultimately have major improvements on my health. Um, I'll read a couple more. Um, in the last month, how often have you been able to control irritations in your life? In the past, last month, how often have you felt that you were on top of things? In the last month, how often were you angered because of things that were outside of your control? And that happened to me a lot. And it actually just happened to me the other day. Um, I don't know if you found that since COVID has happened, the big box businesses like Best Buy um, or Mattress Firm or you know, travel companies, um, their customer service right now, or even the banks, really suck. Actually, this happened the other day. I had a card that I have, a credit card that I do um, consulting with, with a web developer in India. He wanted to use a new credit card processing thing versus PayPal, because PayPal takes 8%. And then um, I went to pay for my invoice. And because my fraud monitoring department didn't recognize that transaction, um, it, it, it didn't go through. But the problem with that is now it triggers my credit card. To, and I didn't have it automated through my phone. So now I have to call my bank to be able to verify, hey, yeah, I did approve of this transaction. And can you please release it? The only problem was I was at work, I was in between clients, and the first 40 minutes being placed on hold, I had someone troubleshoot it, and then they said to me after troubleshooting, oh, well, that's a fraud monitoring concern. We gotta transfer you to our fraud department. Like, what do you mean? I just talked to you for 40 minutes. Just press the button and let me please have access to my, to my funds so I can pay my vendor, but better yet, I can use my card again. And they said, well, you're going to have to call back. And I was like, well, I don't have time to call back. So I called back again, the same rigmarole. So I had that whole explaining everything to do again. And I would say in the last month, um, I had felt angered because of the things that were outside of my control. I felt anger. And I, was, I can feel my heart rate elevation. I can feel my blood pressure elevated. Um, I got into some breathing techniques. But I got to tell you, it was a reminder for me because... I let my anger and the situation that was unexpected really irritate me and impact my fatigue levels. And that doesn't have anything to do with licorice root. That doesn't have anything to do with adaptogens or hydrocortisone. That has to do with my perception. That's how you live your life between office visits. Hopefully that made a lot of sense. And the last question would be, in the last month, how often have you felt difficulties were piling up so high that you could not overcome them?
So that's, that happens a lot with a lot of the people that I work with that are exhausted and burnt out where they just throw their hands up in the air and they feel that they can't overcome them because they're just one stressor after the next. And what I tell them is, look, it's like a ball of yarn. We just got to pull on different locations till eventually it all unwinds and we'll be able to unravel this whole mystery for you. And like Grandma Rose said, the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. And that's where gratitude, celebration, perception of stress, meditation, activity levels, proper hygiene, all of those things require to be in there as well. And if those things aren't working, then we also look at your nutrigenomic assessments and what are your weak links. We also look at your Dutch test and what are your weak links. And then we put it all together. But we don't do it the other way around. And I find that happens a lot where, okay, people have their nutrigenomic test. They have an organic acid test. They spent tens of thousands of dollars on all these different tests. They're on a special diet. They're taking a 1,001 Santa Claus bags of supplements. And they're not getting better. And that's because they're not living their life between office visits the way that they should be. Does that make a lot of sense? I hope it does. And then lastly, what I'm going to talk to you about is the circadian rhythm. So the circadian rhythm is something that I find is not being taught. And really, when it comes down to it, your body is one big homeostatic regulator of its environment. What does that mean? Well, that means that you have now the environment the definition of the environment is really anything that occurs outside of your body so tv is an environment the air you breathe is an environment the drink the water you drink or the food you eat or even um, the sounds you hear or the things you see those are environmental triggers and when you see those things it registers in your brain. Your brain has to process that to regulate its internal environment. That's how it has to do. And then when you've lost that demand and supply ratio where the demand to control for stressors that you experience from the environment exceed your supply of energy, biochemical, nutrients, minerals, oxygen, so that your body can deal with those, then you have the inability to control those things. And then you start to see um, autonomic nervous system changes. So that means when I stand up, I get dizzy, I have increased heart rate, increased respiration, increased pulse width, um, I feel faint, um, I can't focus or concentrate, I can't regulate my body temperature, I can't lose weight, I can't gain weight, I can't focus, I can't concentrate, I crash in the middle of the day, and then doctors are going to tell me there's no such thing as adrenal fatigue. That's what's happening. Well, ultimately, the biggest problem with all of that is that your body is no longer tied into the circadian rhythm. Your body is no longer tied into the circadian rhythm. So what does that mean? It means that we are all really creatures of the universe or of the earth, if you will. And there's frequencies and there's a lot of woo-woo stuff. But ultimately, the light, the dark, the, the, the energy that's given from the earth helps us to coordinate our own biochemistry. And I always use the example, imagine if you're camping. Right? You go camping and you, you don't bring your cell phone, so we're not glamping here. We're not in you know, the, you know, the really ritzy parts of the, of, the, of the glamping styles. We're by a fireside, we have a tent, um, we're in the elements, we don't have our cell phone, there's no electrical outlets. 
pretty soon and very, very quickly, you're going to accommodate for the, the dark time and the, and the light time, meaning you're not going to be going to your fridge, you're not going to be plugging in your TV, you're not going to be texting your friends, you're not going to be listening to music. Maybe you're playing music by the fire, but you are not going to be inundated with EMFs, with blue lights, with stimuli that's going to be excitatory. And pretty soon after a couple days, when the dark starts to come out, you'll start to go to bed earlier. And when the light starts to rise, you'll start to get up earlier. And the next thing you know, you've coordinated your circadian rhythm around the earth. Unfortunately, one of the big things that we see, along with our perception of stress and how that impacts us, is the fact that we've lost communication with the earth. And when we have lights that are available 24-7, we have our cell phone that's beside us all the time, we have refrigerators that have food in it 24-7, we even have you know takeout and delivery at all hours of the day. And these are things that are really, really killing us, literally. So what I tell people is there's three things I want you to think about. There's the proper light exposure. So you want lots of light exposure in the morning, and then when the sun goes out, you don't want any blue light exposure after that because that's going to hit the back of your eye. It's going to impact your melatonin release, and next thing you know, your circadian rhythm is going to be messed up. And if you have a weak perception of stress, and you don't have a lot of autonomy, and you have genetic susceptibilities, and you have environmental triggers, then taking adaptogenic herbs are not going to fix that. Or looking at your, your saliva sample and saying, hey, your saliva samples are low throughout the day. Just take this. Or asking me, what supplements can I take to fix this? It's not going to do it. It's just not going to happen. I hope that made a lot of sense. So the first thing I would say is your exposure to light and dark. And I wear blue blocker lights. And I like it that when the dark, when it goes out, um, when the lights go out and I, and I attempt to do work at night, I can hardly see with those blue blocker lights because I can't focus and concentrate, nor should I be. Really, nor should I be. Um, and it's a good sign for me now. Sometimes I'll say, okay, I'll take them off and I'll continue doing my emails. And then ultimately I'll look at my aura ring and I'll see that my readiness score, my, my sleep scores, my activity levels are all falling at the wayside because I'm not controlling my circadian rhythm. The second thing I would say with circadian rhythm is your eating window. Now, people that go ketogenic, they do intermittent fasting or they do time-restricted eating windows. One of the reasons I think that's so good besides the fact that ketogenic may not be good for you and we can look at your nutrigenomic test to see if it is or isn't, a whole other podcast, um, is the fact that um, you are doing a time-restricted eating window, meaning I don't believe that anyone should be able to do less than or shouldn't be able to handle 12 hours of not eating. Meaning if I have my last meal at 7 at night, I don't need to eat before 7 in the morning. I really don't. Or if I have my last meal at 9 at night, then I shouldn't be eating before 9 in the morning. And those are some of the very first things that I'll teach the clients that I work with, along with their perception of stress, along with their nutrigenomic test, along with their... Um, their Dutch results, how to customize a recovery program so that their body is living life between office visits. Does, does that make sense? Um, so now, again, the third thing that I would do is activity levels. 
and, and, and I hear a lot of people say, I don't have time. And I would say, well, too bad for you um, because you have to make the time. You have to make the priority. If you're suffering really bad and you're not living the life that you want and you don't have quality of life and you are becoming a burden to other people and you're not enjoying times that you're having, then you have to make the priority to be active. And that means, well, it's a catch-22, Dr. Rosen. How am I active if I have no energy? And I would say, well, you, the first step, you know, begins with the first step. And that means you can do something. And the next day you do a little bit more. And the next day you, a little, you do a little bit more. Because why? Because your life means a lot to get back into the game. So those are the three things that I would look at in terms of circadian rhythm reestablishment is your, um, your light, dark exposure, your time-restricted eating window at least 12 hours. Now, some people will say, well, I do a 16-hour, I do an 18-hour. That's good. It may be good, but if I take your glucose levels um, after 16 hours or 17 hours, and when I tested it after 12 hours, let's say your glucose levels were 75 or 80, um, but then we, we tested it you know, after 16 hours and it went higher and you didn't need anything, then I would say that's a stressful thing for your body. Your body is releasing cortisol because it's going too long without fuel and it's releasing these stress hormones and it's causing your glucose levels to rise and you're actually not in a fasted state. And that's a big aha for people. So we will we'll look at taking control of their glucose levels. And that's a whole other thing that we layer into the programs that we work with our clients with. Um, the second thing would be making sure that you have that time-restricted eating window. And then the third thing would be making sure that you're active. The, and then, of course, the perception of stress in terms of your autonomy, your control, how well you get um, angered, and how much you have a reflexive knee-jerk reaction to the stressors that um, you are unexpecting on a day-to-day -day basis, um, and ultimately cutting the sword inward. So I hope that made a lot of sense for you. Make sure you check out all our social media pages. The Truth About Adrenal Fatigue will have that um, questionnaire up very, very shortly. Um, we have other tools. Um, we have a free webinar that will teach you about the five truths about adrenal fatigue as well. And make sure you check out our YouTube page, um, Dr. Joel Rosen, and um, ultimately check out our Facebook page at thetruthaboutadrenalfatigue.com or Adrenal Fatigue Recovery. And I hope you enjoyed this edition of your Adrenal Fix podcast. Talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning into today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested to see if you're a good fit to work with our Adrenal Awakening program, here's what to do next. Head to adrenalfatiguesociety.com forward slash apply and book an appointment to speak to our team. Here's how it works. We'll get on the phone for about 45 minutes and get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, where exactly do you want to be with your health and where are you now? Number two, what are the genetic components that haven't been discovered that are impacting your health? And number three, what are the environmental triggers that may be overlapping with these genetic components keeping you from getting optimal health? Remember, getting your energy back just won't happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make that happen. We've helped clients all over the world transform their lives, quadruple their energy, and fix their metabolism. 
and make the world a better place. To see if you can do the same thing, head to adrenalfatiguesociety.com forward slash apply. I'm Dr. Richard Joel Rosen, and we'll talk to you soon.